gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 73 of the podcast that was originally recorded on June 3rd of 2015. Some of the games I played this week, I played the Pathfinder Adventure card game Skull and Shackles, we got back to our organized play, played the little card game called Arboretum, played a little more Shroud of the Avatar, also played Euphoria, Build a Better Dystopia, also played a couple other games, and a few things that I want to play now. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. My name is Joe Luzzi, and welcome to episode 73. We are recording this live. You can send me some emails. Let me know how you're doing and what you're playing now. Send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop that G there. On Facebook, just do a search. For what I'm playing now, we have a Google Plus page, which is plus.google.com slash the plus sign, what I'm playing now podcast, and of course our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. So I have not had a chance to get up my first review, which is Jaipur, which is actually pretty much finished writing. I just need to go back through and um, edit a few things, which I haven't had a chance to do this past week considering I was on call. I was hoping to get that done over the weekend and I was pretty much working most of the weekend. So that's what happens sometimes when you have a job when you're on call. But that review is done and I should be able to get that edited and completed here in the next day or so and then get that posted probably shortly after the podcast I'm guessing. And then I'm also working on my second review which is going to be one of the games I talk about in the what I'm playing now part of the show. So let's jump over to that. What I'm playing now and what I played this past week. My Pathfinder Adventure card game group finally got back together after a two or three week hiatus, I think it was, and we were able to knock out a couple of more scenarios. We are well into the sixth path set for the season of Shackles, and everybody is looking forward to finishing this up and hitting the next game that they have put out, The Wrath of the Righteous, which actually came out this past week, which we'll talk about also later in the What I Want to Play Now show. But let's continue on with the Skull and Shackles and what we did for the scenarios. We knocked out two scenarios this past week. We knocked out 05D, A Crew Divided, which was a very interesting scenario in that my group of six basically had to, had to divide up all of the locations into two different groups. And we kind of split up into two different, basically into two different groups as well. Was able to knock out the the villain as well as the henchman. And this one actually came down pretty much to the very end. Okay, this was a very interesting scenario in that considering there are two different groups, you can't help either, you can't help characters that are in the group that you are not in. So let's say we have group one and group two, and my character is in group two. I'm not able to assist or give a hand or pretty much know anything about of what's going on in group one's locations so it's pretty crazy the way have they have this one go through we also almost didn't make it through to the end of this one it was it came down to the last couple of cards and we're able to pretty much block off the the last villain that we were trying to fight and then we were able to to win this one but after we beat that after you beat the first villain that you run into you then have five turns to basically beat the second one so we kind of kept playing around with finding the villain and just letting him kind of damage us and not really killing the first one 
because we were definitely in, you definitely want to be in a good spot to be able to knock both of them out within a couple of turns. So we were actually able to do this. I think it came down to one of the last couple of cards in the first 30 blessing deck for us to actually beat that first villain. And then we had five turns and we were able to actually knock out that second villain actually I think maybe a turn or two later. So we tried to kind of set up everything. So it, came, it literally came down to one of the last couple of cards in that first that first 30 of the 30 count 30 cards of the blessing deck so we were we were sweating it there when it came down to about 10 cards i was sitting there counting how many blessings cards we had left and i wasn't too sure we were actually going to be able to to knock that one out but we we pulled together we persevered and and we made it through and then we jumped into 06a get a clue of course after we shuffled all of the deck six cards into the box and removed some of the other cards that we needed to remove this one was also very interesting in that you actually have a sheet that you cut up different runes for that are basically giving you hints, I guess, as to kind of what's going on with the story here. There are different prophecy pieces, and each time you run into a cryptic rune henchman, if you were able to defeat them, you're actually given one of the runes. So we were actually able to fight Brian Bones, which was the villain in this one. This this one was actually, I think, a lot easier than the 05D, the, the crew divided than the first one we did. It definitely seemed like we had a lot, a lot more blessings left in the deck, I will say, before getting to the end of that one. But this one was this one was fun as well. So we're going to continue working our way through the scenario six set and hopefully be able to knock that out here in the next couple play sessions i think with origins being this week we're not going to be able to get together this weekend and then we have um, a couple other weekends where people were busy so we have another two or three week hiatus so we're going to be extending skull and shackles i think a little longer than we were really expecting to but i think we're getting close to the end of it and hopefully we will be able to complete this one soon and then move on to the next game all right and then the other game I played this week was a little card game I had picked up a couple of weeks ago and just hadn't gotten to the table, and that was called Arboretum. If you're looking for a real good two, three, or four player light strategy game, this would definitely be the game I would say to pick up. Uh, my wife and I started playing this game last weekend with just two players. The game plays quite well. And then I took the game down to my board game group um, a couple of nights ago on Monday night. And I sat there and played it with three people. And then we played it with a four-player group. And I will say that the game plays perfect with no matter how many people you have. It's it's just a really fun game. And I, I can't say that playing with two, three, or four was better. I would say all of the games were just as, just as fun and just as hectic and just as strategic. So in Arboretum, you're basically trying to build an arboretum which is basically just a garden of trees so you start off if you're playing with two players you're actually starting off with lesser lesser cards than you would if you're playing with three or four players so there's 10 different trees in the deck and each different tree has has cards that are numbered from one to eight so if you're playing with just two players you're taking four trees out of the deck and you're only playing with six trees or six different trees numbered one through eight each person starts out the game with seven cards you flip over one card for the person who's not the starting player which is their discard pile and then each player draws two cards on their turn they play one card in their arboretum and then they have to discard a card sounds pretty simple but there of course there's always a twist to it so what you're trying to do is you're trying to play these cards in a numerical sequence so you're trying to play cards in an order of one two three or one three five they don't necessarily need to be consecutive but they do need to be in numerical sequence you're also trying to possibly play cards if you can with the same type of tree so if you can actually play four type of trees that are the same color you'll get a bonus when it comes to scoring you don't have to do that but sometimes it's nice to be able to do that the other part that you need to pay attention to in scoring is the first and the last card in your trail of trees as they call it in your path of trees has to match so if you play an oak and then a dogwood and then an olive and then another oak you can actually score those four cards 
But the tricky part really comes in scoring in that you may not necessarily get to score the cards that you want to play. Because with your hand of seven cards, not only do you need to play the cards out of there that you want to score, you need to make sure that you hold back some cards that match the trees you want to score because once that deck is empty, everybody will go through and you will name off a tree like an oak tree and then everybody will play cards from their hand and say, I have X amount of oak trees in my hand. And whoever has the most amount of tree, that particular tree in their hand, actually gets to score. The other players don't. If there's a tie, each player gets to score one path for that particular tree. So this is where the strategy comes in. Because pretty much constantly throughout this whole game, what you're trying to do is you're trying to juggle cards that you want to keep because you're watching your opponents playing certain paths of trees and you want to make sure that they don't score those. So you're trying to hold back cards to be able to stop them from scoring while you're also trying to play cards to score your own paths. And that limit of seven cards is definitely is is what makes the game so 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 strategic because you will not believe how much trouble you will run into once you get probably halfway through the game in that you will sit there pulling your hair out trying to figure out what card to discard what card to play and you will have a handful of cards it turns the game into a really very fun game my wife and i really enjoyed it everybody that played it down at the game store really enjoyed it but let's get back to the game real quick and finish up on how how the how the scoring goes so when you do your scoring like i had mentioned the four cards like the oak the dogwood the olive and the oak tree those would be basically one point each if you have four olives that are in a row four olive trees in a row those would be two points each if the beginning of your path starts with the one card that gives you an extra point if the end of your path ends with the eight card that gives you two extra points and your paths can basically go multiple directions it can go up and down you basically are playing orthogonally so you're playing up and down and right and left you can't do anything diagonally that is that's basically how scoring works the other part when you're playing the cards as to who can actually score for the cards that makes it interesting is they threw in a whole David beats Goliath thing in that if you have the one card of a particular tree and your opponent has the eight card that they're holding back thinking yeah I got this in the bag the one card turns the eight to a zero which means that they have pretty much wasted all of their points so you're really trying to pay attention through the game what ones what number ones are on the table what number eights are on the table and trying to hold back other cards in between there and maybe playing those cards so you possibly don't kind of get screwed out when you're trying to make your score your points. So like I said, everybody's really enjoyed this game. I cannot recommend this game highly enough. This will probably be the game that I'm going to write my second review for, which I'll probably be working on this weekend and into next week, and I'll get that posted sometime next week. All right, we're going to jump over to Shroud of the Avatar. They just had release 18 for Shroud of the Avatar on the computer. I've been trying to learn my way through this one. They've actually added in a whole celestial type system into the game. Also doing with astronomy and astrology, they're going to basically be making the game, or one aspect of the game, to where the stars aligning in different alignments will actually give you let you do different things in the game, craft different things, and you're only going to be able to do certain things at certain time now in the game, which to me sounds really interesting. I'm really, I can't wait to kind of see this fully implemented. They've also redone combat quite a bit. They're trying to make combat a little bit, a little bit easier, I guess I should say, in that some people were saying that with the way the cards that they're using, that the way they come up from the bottom of the screen and fill in your hotbar that you're using for combat, you're constantly having to look down at the cards that are coming up instead of being able to concentrate on the combat. So they're actually letting 
you go through now and when you're designing your card deck for combat you're actually able to set certain cards that will come into certain slots so you can put together pretty much certain combos so you can put cards in the first slot and the certain cards in the second slot that will combo off of each other and though that will be the only slots that those cards in particular will show up so i think it's a pretty good idea that they had there in trying to correct some of the some of the shortcomings, I think, that were out of their initial combat system. But so far, I'm pretty much still trying to learn my way around the game. I'm still having a really good time with it, and I have a lot more to learn. There's a lot more to see. Um, I think so far, picking up this game over Pathfinder Online was probably the right thing for me to do, because I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. So when you roll the dice, you're able to pretty much place them in any of the placement spots on the board. But if you're actually going to be using them, in a location of the board where you're going to be getting so when you roll your dice you're able to place them anywhere on the board but if you're actually going to be placing them in a location where you're going to possibly generate a commodity or get some get some 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 sort of item the number that you actually rolled on the die you'll look on the board and that will tell you actually how many items you can obtain and there are also other benefits that you could get as far as moving different tokens ahead on the board or possibly you know, getting getting some getting some getting a type of artifact or something Okay, and then one of the other games I played Monday night after we were done with Arboretum was a Euro-style, I would say it's a medium Euro-style worker placement game called Euphoria. This game takes place in a kind of dystopian future. Each player starts with a team of workers, which are dice. And you start off with two dice that you can use, and then another two that can actually be brought into the game um, through payment of various resources. I think it was like three water is what you had to use um, for the cost of a new worker. And the interesting thing with the workers is once they are played, your workers can stay on the board pretty much for as long as you want. There is a time during your, or you, there is an action you can do to, to recall them, but you don't have to recall all of them. And there's a good reason why you may not want to because there's two different tracks on the board that are pretty much constantly changing depending on some of the different actions that you're taking on your turn and one of them is knowledge and the other one I believe was called happiness knowledge is utilized and it's basically a chart that goes from plus one to plus six you start off everybody starts off at plus one and as you do different actions your workers will sometimes get more intelligent sometimes you'll do actions that'll actually lower this which is probably a good thing because every time you take your workers off the board and have to roll them you want to make sure that the total that you roll added to whatever your knowledge is is less than 16 if it equals 16 or is greater you will actually lose the highest worker that you just rolled which actually happened to me a couple of times and it's extremely harsh and it pretty much cost me the game losing I think I think I was up to four my four workers at one time and at the end of the game I ended with just the one worker so your happiness track which was the other track shows how many artifacts that you can actually have in your hand at any one time and the artifact cards really come into play especially when you when you want to buy uh, certain things and really comes into play a lot when you're trying to place your stars on the board and that's pretty much the main goal of the game each player starts off with 10 stars and what you're trying to do is you're trying to get these stars placed in different parts on the board and the first person to do this pretty much wins the game each player also starts out with two elite recruit cards 
which they have available at the beginning. One's available at the beginning of the game, and another one becomes available usually after one of the societies reaches a certain point on their track, and there's different things you can do to actually bump up a particular worker on that track for that society to actually unlock the the, the recruit for the elite card, the elite recruit card for that society. So all of us were able to pretty much pick on the rule, pick up on the rules, I think pretty quickly. I will say the game started out a little slow, but kind of once we got going and started building up our engine, that the game kind of does build up after a few turns, I, it, the game ramped up very quickly. And before you knew it, the game was kind of over. So we were actually treated out to kind of a blinged out euphoria in that the guy who kind of kickstarted this also kickstarted the upgraded components from Stonemaier Games. And I will say playing with those components added a whole different level to the game because the gold bars looked like real gold bars. The stone looked like real stones. The bricks looked like real red bricks. And it was just really cool to be able to play with those components. The board is is a very well laid out board, very intuitive to learn. And I will say that I'm, I'm hoping that we can get this game to the table again. I want to play this this a couple of more times and get a better feel for it. But after my first initial playthrough of this game, this is definitely a game that if you have not played or haven't seen, I would definitely look into it, maybe watch a video or something out of, about it, read a little bit about it, and see if this is something you'd like because... This is a worker placement game that I had a lot of fun with and everybody really enjoyed. So that was it for Euphoria. So the other game that I've been playing this week is Knights of Pen and Paper Plus One Edition. This is a game I think I've talked about on the show before. It's a real nice, light Android app that I have on my phone. And you basically have a party of, I believe it's about four or five guy, four or five characters that you're basically taking through different quests and different things that the DM that's controlled by the computer is kind of throwing at you. There's kind of like a storyline where you're where you're going through different things. For some reason, I've gotten back into this game and I probably hadn't touched it. I'm thinking in probably about six months now. But for some reason, for the past week, week and a half, every time I kind of sit down and I'm just looking for something on my phone, I've been loading this up and leveling up my characters. I probably actually done quite a few levels probably in the past week more than I've done probably in the past six months or so. But if you're looking for a real nice light role-playing type game, one where you can just attack different monsters, try not to get any of your characters killed. Uh, you do have to pay, so pay a small amount of gold to bring them back from the dead, but I've, I've had to revive several of my characters after a couple of dungeon battles that I had this past week. But it's a really fun game. They actually also released a second uh, version of this that I just saw on the Android store, on the Google Play store. So I'll be picking that up probably shortly, but I'd like to actually get a little bit further in Knights of Pen and Paper. All right, so that's it for what I'm playing now. Let's talk about some of the games I want to play now. So I talked about, of course, the Pathfinder Adventure card game. Wrath of the Righteous was just released. I actually picked that box set up a couple of days ago. I already have my character add-on pack, as I do have a subscription from Paizo. So I'm looking forward to busting that open. I haven't even opened up this box yet to really take a look at any of the cards. But from some of the stuff I've seen online, I am extremely and really looking forward to getting into this one, especially since this one is the first game to come with a 20-sided die. So I'm kind of really looking forward to that. Also looking forward to possibly getting into some Lords of Waterdeep. I was actually sitting down last night, and I threw through Rado runs through. Um, he, I, I threw his uh, Lords of Waterdeep run through up on the TV from my phone. I had my wife sitting there watching that a little bit so she can kind of get get a little bit of feel for what Lords of Waterdeep is about as she's never really played a worker placement game like that before. So I'm kind of looking forward to maybe getting into that next week when I'm on vacation. Also picked up a little card game called Welcome to the Dungeon. That's a little game from Yellow that I'm kind of looking forward to playing. Looks like it's looks like it's going to be pretty easy so far. It doesn't look like it's going to be too too heavy. Very nice and simple. It's almost 
It kind of reminds me of the song show from back in the day called Name That Tune, but instead of with music, you're kind of using D&D characters and it's in a role-playing setting in that it's kind of like you're just looking at your opponent saying, I can do this in X amount with X amount of equipment, and then they're going through and saying, no, I can do this with less equipment, and then they, I can do this with less equipment, and then you're like, okay, well, do you just go ahead and do this? So then they try to run through the dungeon and basically not get the character killed. It's kind of what it seems like it's coming down to so far, but it looks like it might have a little bit of strategy and some fun to it, so we're going to give that a shot. And then, of course, I I was looking on Kickstarter the other day, and I saw that In Exile just released The Bard's Tale 4. So I jumped on that probably within the first couple hours of that actually being announced and released. I was backing that game. Uh, if you've never played The Bard's Tale on, the com- on any of the computers, it's probably a lot different than the game you'll find on your Android or iOS device or possibly even on the PlayStation 2, I think there was, and the and the Xbox, I think, had the Bard's Tale on there. The, the original Bard's Tale games I probably played, I think, back on my Commodore 64. I had all three of them. I think the only one I actually did finish was the first one, and I will say that it was probably one of the best role-playing games I've ever played. It sounds like they're going to go back to a style similar to what was back then and just make sure that this fourth edition of the game is something that's done right and done correctly. And concerning some of the other games that they've that In Exile has released recently, in regards to some of the computer games that they've recently kickstarted, I'm I really have all the faith in them that they're going to do right by the Bard's Tale, which is one of the reasons why I jumped on immediately when I saw this. So that's about it. Those are the games I'm playing for the week. You can find me by email. Send me some emails and let me know what you're playing now. Send them to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. You can do a search on Facebook for what I'm playing now and give a like to our Facebook page. You can follow us on Google Plus at plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast and of course our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. I should be back next week with another podcast. I am on vacation, so I'm not too sure if I will have the time to record that with some of the things we have going on around here. I'm going to try to maybe get in a very quick podcast if I can, but if I can't, I will be back definitely the week after with a lot more games to talk about. And of course, it'll be a lot of the stuff that I want to play now. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye.